Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I'm so glad rugby's back. And NFL. Oh. <laughs> the last time there was this much contact on one weekend, the Normandy beaches were being invaded. <laughs> Hands in, let's get into it. Pod on three. One, two, three, pod. pod. Now, between us egg chasers, we have a little phrase we use called Contact Sunday. That's when we're recording this because basically that just refers to the fact that there is. NFL, American football, oh. and there is rugby. You could not get more contact. Agreed. Were... Oh, it's awesome. One game of rugby, three games of NFL, and next week we can add in some football as well. I seldom leave the house on Sundays. Of course, it's <laughs> not necessarily Sunday. In fact, it won't be Sunday that you're listening to this because it's not getting uploaded till Monday. But the point is we've just had rugby back in the UK and Ireland, and it feels good. Uh, and we're going to be talking about all things rugby. I'm Tim. That is JB. Hello, Tim. And that is Phil. Hi, uh, Tim. Right, before we get going with all the rugby stuff, I just want to quickly say we have a bunch of new listeners and we know this because we see the stats and the numbers. We are listened to more. We've recently recommended in the Daily Telegraph as well. Thank you, the Daily Telegraph. Thank you. They recommended a bunch of sport podcasts, including Andrew Flintoff's one, Alan Davies' Arsenal Mm. podcast, a couple on BBC and ITV and us. We were the only rugby podcast recommended. And the better, well, rightly so. Yeah, we are the only... One worth considering, I think. I, th- I think that's fair. And, and also, we know from the stats that we have more new listeners. Now, what I would ask, if you haven't already, would you please leave a rating and some sort of feedback on iTunes? This isn't just asking for compliments. You can be honest or do whatever you want. But Don't put ha- anything bad, though. Well, <laughs> if you really mean it, put something bad. If it's constructive, we'll we'll try and do something about it. But it helps us in the rankings and therefore it helps us be seen by more rugby fans. We've got no way of advertising ourselves. So we rely on word of mouth and we rely on people finding us on iTunes. So putting a rating on there. And Telling a friend, tell a family member and enemies. Tell your enemies. T- tell, <laughs> tell your friends, tell your enemies. Leave a rating on iTunes. I'd really, really appreciate that. We've got We've got a bunch of very kind and lovely ones. We've got some constructive ones as well. Say whatever you want. <laughs> but get in touch on iTunes and, um, yeah, let's get on with the rugby. Let's do it. Straight into it then. Of all the rugby you watched, and I think we gorged. If we, if if rugby was food, we'd be having to be... Served... We'd be Thomas Walden. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be having to uh, get our stomachs pumped right now. What was your pick of the weekend, Phil? Um, it was probably my Ulster boys. A great game. Ooh, a My Ulster boys. Check him out. Can, I, can we just point out, uh, if you missed the last podcast, you should listen, but Phil revealed that in the fan-free agency, where the first time he's ever going to follow a team, having played at a high level with Sedgley Park, the team he chose after a brilliant pitch is Ulster. 
Yes. So we're going to be visiting Ravenhill and you're going to be hearing more about Ulster as you will hear right now. Go on, Phil. Uh, well, it was a great game against the Scarlets. Ulster did well to come away with three points from a draw after being 14 points down with just 12 minutes remaining. Some really good attacking rugby. Hell. But I just wanted to... The pick of the week is two players, one from each side, Go on. who were very, very good. Uh, Stuart Alden in the centre mm-hmm. from for Ulster, who's just come back from knee reconstruction. And who is this guy? Because obviously I don't watch much Pro 12, so... Young Irish inside centre. Huh? Um, yeah, 22, 23 years old. Iron, uh, Ireland appearances yet? No, because he's had like nine months out of the game with a knee re- reconstruction. But if he continues that form, he will do very soon. But they, they just keep... I know. bringing through these players. It's unreal. Now, isn't it? I'm interested here. How has Phil got pick of the week? A rather, well, a draw, a little provincial affair, <laughs> when there was a huge comeback down in the Southern Hemisphere with Australia, Australia. beating South Africa. It's the there was book. a last minute controversy <laughs> in the London double header. And in the Pro 12 itself, the reigning champions were defeated by last year's finalists, somehow. <laughs> well,. I just uh, paid particular attention to uh, to Ulster. To uh, Ulster he's now a one-eyed he is, isn't fan, he? isn't he? The other person, just to balance it up a bit, uh, Rory Pittman, who played eight for, for Scarlets, mm-hmm. who was at Wasps, uh, who has been at Wasps. Yes. Yeah, I thought I recognised the name. Big boy. He looked really good. Carried very, very well all game. Nice. JB, your pick of the weekend? Australia, South Africa. It has to be Australia, South Africa. From... The Aviva, like I said before, it's going to be Saracens. Uh, Saracens Wasps. Wasps now have my favourite back row. When the most seven-like back row player you've got is James Haskell. That's my <laughs> kind of back row. Uh, Nathan Hughes is uh, some unit. And the other he? guy, Ashley Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I know. He had a tremendous game. What a rump that man What has. a kicker. What a powerful rump. Yeah. Do you who'd, see, two kicks are just uh, sublime. Who'd have thought that kick through for... Uh... Uh, Wade, Wade's, try, yeah. Wade's try where he looked to, he was going to pass it and you think oh, it's not going to do this it's not going to work and then he just puts a beautiful grubber kick through uh, and the last one would be the Leinster game I mean I don't think that was a great game actually I think it was just, just an upset rather than a great game yeah but it's certainly the first two but it's, it's interesting that the Pro 12 has now become a lot more competitive like Le- Leinster and Munster both getting beaten um, by Scottish teams which you never would have had previously but because every single game is important because if you miss that Heineken Cup qualification for next year, you, the revenue that well, you'll lose out on is huge. Particularly the Scottish teams, because, well, there's two of them, and one is guaranteed to go in. Yeah. So they've basically got to beat each other, and same with the yeah. same with the Italians. I, th- I think we have to make an apology to Edinburgh, whose chances we were writing off. A look at them, they answered in, in fine fashion. That was a great result. And, yeah. like, and like you say, there's more interest, there's more excitement, the games seem really competitive, all the big names are in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there was a brilliant tweet from uh, one of our... Uh, listening followers on Twitter, wasn't there, Jay? About uh, at, <laughs> at Rugby Podcast, you can get in touch with us. Yeah, Raw's tweet that's just literally seconds ago. Uh, can Jay be explaining who this Warburton guy is playing for the Blues today? Uh, I haven't seen him before, and I watch a lot of Pro 12, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, Sam Warburton turning out for Cardiff Blues. But this is this is the point. It's 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 good to see and fair play. Sky are, are covering it. And they it, got, uh, if you look at the pictures on our Twitter page at Rugby Podcast, then you will see that they've recruited Alan Sugar as one of their pundits. <laughs> no, go and have a look at a picture. It's of Yian Evans, but he's he's grown a beard. I had no idea it was and Yian he's Evans. And he's gone grey. And he, he looks, looks old. <laughs> he looks just like Alan Sugar. Um, uh, Tim, what was your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week. Um, well, there'd, there'd be some, in team-wise, you'd sort of think, well, maybe it's Exeter or... or Northampton. Maybe it's Northampton. But actually, I'm going to go for, if I can pick two, I'm going to go for two tens. 
one, and I was there to ah. watch George Ford. That boy had some game. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. George Ford was sublime. And Danny Cipriani had a good, good game, but was totally outclassed by George Ford. Zippers. I think Stuart Lancaster was there to watch that. Oh, was he? Oh, wow. Possibly to watch that duel. And uh, the other one, and this would be my pick of the week, Francois Tranduc. Now, did you watch this game? Montpellier uh, I thought he was absolutely on the money. I thought it was one of the worst games I've seen. I, I fell asleep during it. 43-10, Montpellier smashed cast. Yeah. Absolute destroyer. With a horrible decision early doors on... John, is it Johnny Beatty? Johnny Beatty, yeah. Uh, red carded for something... I didn't even know it was a red card offence. I can't even remember what it was. It was so innocuous. It was no rap. It was. It was. He just. It was, wasn't it? That's yeah. He, he didn't, didn't wrap, wrap the arms, arms on a tackle. It was a God, dangerous I tackle. Hate, I hate these sort of decisions so much. Safety first and foremost, Jay. Uh, yes. <laughs> Safety one, two, and three. Exactly. But, but I, he had a brilliant game, and that's not, that result. Albeit, like you say, there was the sending off. I, I mean, there was no doubt Montpellier were going to win that from minute one. They were. They, they were. The, they were the better team. Mm. And to beat Cast, who well, they've been splashing the cash again. Uh, I think it was a great result. But it brings me on to a question which I want to ask you boys and we'll have we'll, we'll do it on the timer on the buzzer. After a weekend when uh, there was lots of tens turning out and having I mean you Bernard Foley uh, yep. got that decisive kick for Australia, Francois Tranduc in the top 14, George Ford in the premiership and you know Freddie Burns making their bow and all there was a lot of tens to talk about. If you had to choose between a and I'm using I'm using air quotes here, a boring 10 or mm-hmm. a maverick 10. Which would you go for, JB? No. I'd go for Maverick 10. I think of the 10s that I like to watch and I pay money for. Quade Cooper, James Hook, um, George Ford. I'm not, however, going to part with any cash to go and watch Bernard Foley or to go and watch Stephen Myler. Uh, the thing about Flair fly halves is that they can win a game at any... Phil, you have to make your point in a bit. Go on, Phil. Well, uh, well... Oh, sorry. He's gone, Phil. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go specifically just to watch Stephen Myler. Look at what he allowed the men outside him to do. And it's it's that, if you can have a 10 who can kick corners, kick sticks, but also unleash the potential of the backs outside him, which Myler does absolutely perfectly, then it makes a far more exciting game than someone who's going to be hit and miss, like Sippers. Well, do you know what? I think back to when I was a player, and I, I you know, played at an average level, but the point is, there's nothing better than seeing a 50-yard spiral kick giving you a line-out in the opposition half when you're a forward. And running the right way up the field feels so much better. And I would take the reliability of a so-called boring 10 every time for field position and territory. Go on, Jay. I don't think that a boring 10 is a 10 that... Oh, I've got it wrong. I don't think that a flare 10 is a 10 that, 10 that doesn't kick. They are allowed to kick. Look at the Carlos Spencer kick against... Was it Newcastle when he kicked the, kicked, kicked over his head? What I don't like are the tens that don't really that that, that don't release their backs and only kick. Uh, for this, I'd look at someone like a Phil Godman. <laughs> <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Comparing Phil Godman to Carlos Spencer, That's exactly what we're doing. Is an injustice. <laughs> Should make a wristband for that. That is not what we're doing. Um, I think George Ford. I think he's somewhere in the middle. He can do the really exciting stuff, and he can do the controlled, uh, pragmatic side as well. And that is the person you want, but I would always err towards the, the safety side. I, I completely agree with Phil. I, I think that, first and foremost, territory, field position, dominance and things like that, being putting a team in a position to execute a game plan is something that boring tens, if you want to call them that, will do. But like you say, add, add to that a layer of little X factor and stardust, and I think you've got your perfect player. 
Oh, put to bed. <laughs> I just like to see. I like to see tents that can go down in flames quickly. <laughs> that's what I like because that's exciting. It's crash and burn. It was not a good debut for James Hook, was it? He, no, could, it wasn't. he couldn't. Well, he couldn't get his Gloucester team in the right areas of the pitch. But and how, how much was that Gloucester playing terribly? And how much of it, uh, or maybe James Hook not making right decisions in that playmaker position? How much was it Northampton just Who dominating? Knows? It was such a beatdown. You can you could hardly get anything out um, of that game. I, I think it was more Northampton just being so good because they were big forward runners breaking the line and then offloading, breaking the line again, offloading, and then that just created the space out wide. Whereas Gloucester, when they were attacking, the Northampton defence was solid and not allowing them to to get that one, yeah. two, three phases of continuity together. I think that David Humphreys, uh, when he was at Ulster, was like, OK, let's let this uh, Afoa guy go. He's passed it. And then he gets get, gets issued a massive check and then inherits it. goes, oh, no. Oh, what have I got? So he's, he's on he could, Yeah, he could have been in the A three-year contract? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting you said you mentioned the offloads in Northampton because I thought that was the feature of the game. And isn't it interesting how the two teams that offloaded more than any others in the Aviva Premiership are the two teams that recorded 50-point wins? Which is perfect when it's uh, September and the pitches are generally dry. And perfect uh, when else? Uh, The end of the season. Correct. But, but if if that game doesn't go right in between, say oh, who cares? October can, October yeah. and April, just write it off. But isn't the but it's not it's not difficult. It's what New Zealand have been winning games doing for the last decade. Uh, yeah, 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 it's maybe. a massive yeah. part. It's a massive part of New Zealand's game. It is it's the ability to to tie players in and offload out of contact. And it was brilliant to see Exeter Chiefs doing it. I did not expect that performance from now, Exeter. No. We, hear we, me now, <laughs> believe me later. But what I said on last week's podcast, I said two yeah. things, three yeah. things. Yeah. So George North would score six tries. He didn't. Uh, but he did score three, so I'll take that as a victory. I also said that they'd only win by two points. And that's a loss. But what I did emphatically say is that Exeter would win by 50 points. You did say that. You, you did. Didn't you, didn't you off air also say that Gavin Henson would start, score... 30 points, be man of the match and be <laughs> unable to be shifted from the Bath 10 Well, shirt. Stuart Lancaster was at the Sale Bath game and I'm just wondering, Stuart Lancaster's thinking, hmm, Gavin Henson plays sevens for England, eligible for the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think he was there. It was brilliant seeing, like, we've seen big day viewers trucking it up. We talked, JB was drooling over him, trucking it up last season, but... The offloads are brilliant, and that it's like it's like anything really. It's, it is a really simple game, and offloads are deadly. Yeah, and it's, it's actually particularly in conditions like that quite a low risk risk strategy. Mm. Once you get that that gap, and you've got people, the support in behind who are timing their run right and getting getting the offload. The offloading game is one of those things that only kind of works if you've got very good foundations. You can't go out there and play an offloading game if you're, say, Newcastle, because you don't have the foundations to build upon. Because everyone goes on about the New Zealand has been really skillful and how we shouldn't play in the winter and it should be a summer game. Nonsense like that. Because if you watch that New Zealand game and you watched all the New Zealand games, have all been played in horrific conditions. You know, it just simply doesn't stack up. It must be a skills thing rather than a conditions thing. But maybe we're growing up, like you say, being told don't give the 50-50 pass, don't try it. I and mean, when you never, yeah, try it. You, know, you never try trying your skills. Have you played in a team where your a coach Phil, a coach has gone, when it's on, let's go for it, let's really do it, let's try it. Yeah, yeah, I have done last uh, last couple of seasons. Um, I have done. Like Jay said, if you get the foundations in place hmm. and you're getting people punching holes and then the support in the right place at the right time, 
then it's not a 50-50 ball. No. It is heavily in your favour, and it's the right thing to do. Yeah, Ben, ben Ryan, who's now Fiji Sevens coach, was England Sevens coach, uh, was coached by him at Newbury br- oh, yeah. briefly. Yep. And his philosophy was all about identifying space. That's all he used to talk about, identify space and, and having decision makers. And basically, if we were under our own sticks, but the winger spotted, we've, we've got an overlap here, the winger would have to call to the ten. And you play. Hot ball, let's go, let's go. And you just play. So he said, I'm never, ever going to criticise you if you mess up identifying where the space is and having to go for it. To be fair, it's on. our coach last last year who's left Broughton Park was exactly the same, which is just play. If it's on, play. Play all the time. And I was talking to a guy who used to play for Saracens Academy. And he said, that, you know, their, their, their mantra back, back in the day can't be the same now, was... Anything in your own twenty-two, you should play out because they'll have dropped. They will have dropped the wingers. So there's space there. Yeah. The thing is, if you do that, um, the wingers, or certainly one winger, the open side winger, will come up and they'll defend with two in the back. So you, you can't just keep doing that, keep doing that because they'll read it and they'll yeah defensively be on top of you. Two in the back sounds like the DVDs on your shelf in your <laughs> living room. Phil. <laughs> uh, right, a uh, quick quick question for you then, um, Richard Cockrell. Uh, was quoted as Cockerill. Why did I quote the same like that? Richard Cockerill has been talking about Brad Thorne. We're just saying he's really excited to have him there. And Richard Cockerill said to a newspaper reporter, I don't know where Brad Thorne is. I think he's getting his family into a house at the minute, but I'm too scared to tell him to come to training. <laughs> so I thought I'd ask the question, if if you were a director of rugby, which person in, in the rugby world would you be most afraid to tell what to do? Hmm. Well, one of the most passionate guys... I've seen very recently, in the last few weeks, um, Argentinian captain Augustin Creevy, who I think you said on Twitter, Tim, that during the national anthem he looked like he was about to explode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if I had some like uh, Falklands flags, something like that, <laughs> up around my house and he was about, I think I'd... Uh... <laughs> Get them down. Yeah, I'd take him down. I'd back what about, away. What about from a different perspective, Andy Powell? Can you imagine trying to... Keep that lad on a leash. Uh, it's oh, not, maybe just have a quiet night today before the game, eh, Andy? I don't think it's telling the problem. It's explaining to him, isn't it? Uh, that's, that's what the problem is. You can't explain anything. Uh, I don't think there's any player more revered in their setup than Victor Matfield. I can't imagine anyone tells Victor Matfield anything. Can you imagine being a, a coach with a reputation of being a bit of a ball breaker? Oh, you're coaching Victor Matfield? No, you're not. Victor <laughs> Matfield's coaching you. <laughs> Jamie Cudmore as well. I mean, that, we've oh, talked yes. about him before. That. That that man has run with gangs. Yes. He's been a gangbanger. <laughs> He's yeah. a drug enforcer. Was he a crip or a blood? I don't think it works like that in uh, in Canada. Oh, does it not? Pro- I don't, I don't know how it works in uh, Toronto. Well, like, but... we, um, uh, put the maple leaves. <laughs> the real hard maple leaves. Maple leaves versus the Mounties. <laughs> <laughs> Gang warfare is worse there. <laughs> but I reckon maybe one of the most physically terrifying men, if they were just stood in front of you, Kean Healy. Yeah. His, his Hulk like presence would be a, quite an intimidating prospect. Yeah, I wonder, and he, he can turn nasty as well. We've I, seen on the pitch a few times. I wonder how Mark McCall gets a boy's dad to tell the training. Because <laughs> you can't hear him, can you? When you he's whispering. He must use semaphore flags or something. <laughs> That's how he gets him in close. <laughs> come in. Come in. Train his dogs in five minutes. Come on. <laughs> oh, can I just deviate from this section a little bit? Yeah, yeah, go on. And I want to talk about a, uh, a, a piece in The Guardian. Now, as you may well know, I don't read The Guardian lightly. Um, but... Well, what are you doing reading it then? I, I like to keep the enemy close. <laughs> um, so I was reading it and had a director of rugby uh, conversation. And it was Justin, what's his name from London Welsh? Uh, yeah, Bernard. 
Justin Burnell. Yeah, Burnell. him and there's a few others, Conor O'Shea, whatever. And one of them, I'm not sure if they were saying it tongue-in-cheek or they meant it, and he said, they said something like, look, uh, look at the impact that London Welsh will make this year with Whippoo at nine, Barkley at ten, and May at twelve. That's not a team that I'd like Molina. to play against. Molina. No, they were well, no. talking about who's a twelve. Oh, Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom, May. Tom, Tom May. Tom May. Yeah, Tom who, May. who wore thirteen on his back today? But yeah, yeah. Conor O'Shea said that. I thought he must be joking there. He must be. <laughs> he must be being sarcastic. I spoke to George Ford after the uh, Sale Bath game, and it's probably not worth me playing it. But he said exactly the same thing. Hold on, might as well get the clip. Awesome. Oh, because they've got the play next week, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Is it Bath? It's Bath, London Welsh at the rec. Well, I that... want to find a bit of George Ford because he said exactly what you just said Conor O'Shea said. It's a massive thing. That was him talking about. <laughs> it's clearly not, though, is it? <laughs> is it massive? Rival London Welsh next week. Back in training Monday and then uh, and what's the focus to improve on this, this game? Yeah, well, I'll recover it tomorrow back in Monday. Um, obviously, London Welsh are going to be... They're going to bring a game, um, which is probably different to most teams, but, you know, they've got a hell of a back line there as well now. So, you know, with Oli Barker, Tim Molinar, Tom May in there. They've got enough dangerous players in there to, to hurt teams. So, um, <laughs> so you said pretty much the same as Do you know what's happened? Do you know what's happened, right? Because it's all professional now. They've got, and they probably use the same media company, and they brainstorm like, "What can we say about <laughs> London Welsh? Because they're pretty bad, aren't they?" And they go, "Right, this is how we're doing it." Everyone, but the memo goes out. Focus uh, yeah. on the positives. <laughs> memo to all clubs. <laughs> yeah. This is what we said about London Welsh. It has to be. I'd love him to say, "London Welsh last week." I had no idea. Well, I don't think we'll be training hard. Like, you know. <laughs> have a few days I, off. I don't yeah. know. I've just looked at. Have we, have, we, have we got a game this weekend? The coach has given us the week off. We're going to go to a beef again on it. London Welsh. That makes sense. Every time I hear uh, Ford, I forget he was brought up in Oldham. Yeah, yeah. That, that northern northern accent. Yeah. I work in Oldham. It's on, it's on he, says, he says "buzz" instead of "bus." Yeah. Terps, uh, and it... he, he says human and tapes instead <laughs> of human body. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he's, he was a good lad, uh, and a he- uh, what uh, I mentioned it earlier. Seriously, what a game! I- I'm and we've talked about this before. England's ten, the luxuries they have. We've said, I think we all agreed he should be in the squad. I'm going on one, one more, just on the little basis of what I saw. Bearing in mind he'd had surgery over the summer, and having watched England play in New Zealand. Just get him in there. Get him in the team. And I've got a lot of time for Owen Farrell, but just get this kid in there. Mm. Yeah. I, I think a summer off would have done him fine, you know. I don't think he needs to go over to New Zealand to get battered for three games. I, I think it's absolutely fine. He's got something special. The way he controlled the game, and I can't, I can't quite explain that Sales' defensive line was really quick. And he just had time, and he would jink to give himself space. What do you make of the other two guys? Because, you know, obviously it's not only an Oldham 10, but an Oldham 12 in Kyle Eastman. So what do you reckon of... Um... Eastman and Jonathan John Joseph. Joseph going S- Sale did a really good job at shutting them down. Jo- Jonathan Joseph had one awesome break. break. It, yeah, out good of fend, nothing. Good, out of nothing. Yeah, and like step, as well. step and fend around yeah. the outside. Christ, they're good, aren't they? Good, 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 good Watson, uh, Anthony right. Watson. Just, I was watching the. I think I put a picture on Twitter as well. But yeah. uh, I was watching the the back three do their warm up drills, and Anthony Watson's feet are so quick. His footwork is electric. Who, and, did uh, they, who did they start on the wings? Uh, Watson, Watson and Rocket Guinea. And at the fullback? Uh, Luke Arscott. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. But, I mean, but just Ford pulled the strings. From what I gather, Freddie Burns had a, had a good performance for Leicester. Yeah. Stephen Myler played brilliantly for Northampton. And we, you've been critical of him, JB, No, I, I, I say that in jest. I do think he's yeah. actually a, a, a he's very good super, player. He had a superb game. Yeah, and his short kicking game as well. 
Um, very rugby league. The, the little chip over the top yeah. for uh, PC to to score. George PC the centre to score. Cipriani played brilliantly. Owen Farrell was on the bench. I mean, yeah, so Charlie. That's four or five awesome players that aren't currently the number one, and the one that was the number one was on the bench. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Kirtley Bill was a ten for Australia, and Brendan Foley came in and did a great job at the weekend, and and you know Bernard, un- un- Bernard Foley, sorry, uh, gave them the. Who was Brendan Foley? He was a he was a player, right? Brendan Foley. Brendan Foley was a player. Munsterman was he? No, that was Anthony. Anthony Foley. Foley. Are you thinking of Mick Foley, the WWE wrestler? <laughs> fell off the cage. <laughs> Maybe that's who it yeah, was. Yeah. Sacco. Brendan, uh, Brendan Foley is an Irish uh, writer, film producer, and director. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. One. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're uh, so educated, aren't no, we? Bernard, Fo- Bernard Foley had a good game at ten, and, and under pressure got that last kick. But Curtly Beale was kind of that maverick ten we were having the discussion about earlier. But he made a really big impact in that 12 position. And we've talked mm. about maybe George Ford, Owen Farrell, 10 12. Uh, no, uh, no. We have. <laughs> Billy 12 trees. We have. Stop. If there was one stop. player, if there, I'd say if there was a single player whose stock dropped most over the weekend, it was Billy 12 right, trees. Right. Yeah. And he got, he got ended by Luther Burrell. He was just ruined. I need to clear this up. We did not discuss this. I discussed it. No, this, I think I, this is I my put idea. it forward first, this I think. Is, <laughs> I said Ford Farrell. I've always said that. I've always <laughs> said I don't do it Farrell, but you couldn't be, be a 12. Um, Hear me now, believe me later. I don't think Farrell offers the same at 12 as, as Beale, but yeah. he offers more than someone like Barrett. I don't think there's going to be enough games before the World Cup. Yeah, that's a problem. Because um, the Autumn Internationals are the only time you can really, uh, mm-hmm. really experiment with something. I don't think we will see Ford Farrell, but I would, I'd, I'd, no. I'd love to see what it would look like. Yeah. We touched on the rugby championship. I didn't see these games. What was I doing? Oh, yeah, I was taking... It's now Kids no, swimming? Yeah, no, kids... Uh, taking my son, he wanted to go and try skateboarding. So oh, like, how, oh, keep him away from that. Why? <laughs> keep him, well, I'll, it was I'll tell you why. It's too it. dangerous, that's yeah. why. That's what you're going to say, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's too dangerous. No, I'll tell you why. Because it encourages this kind of... It, right, okay, so I went to get an ice cream. Today. It means that he, he won't be wearing chinos and, and, and a blazer. <laughs> and loafers and a blazer. I, 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 went, I went to get an ice Take cream Take it going. And the guy certainly had a full sleeve tattoo. He had a shaved head except for like a girl's fringe and then a like kind of ponytail thing. And I thought this guy, undoubtedly this guy at some point must have been either a skateboarder or wanted to be a lead singer in, in a band. And it's just a slippery slope. That kind of individual, <laughs> that sort of individualism. And it's not individual, and it's not not unique. The only people that can do it, lead singers of bands and Matt Banahan. They're the only two people that, 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 that can do it. Don't take him skating. Well, he, Did he enjoy it anyway, Tim? He did, he did. Good. But I'm, I'm The point is, I, I was sat there, and I couldn't get a Wi-Fi connection to, oh. to, to log on to the match. I was thinking I'd sit in the coffee shop there and, um, and watch it, so I, didn't, so I didn't see the rugby championship. So tell me about it. Come on. Um, what were the sort of takeaways? First game was oh. New, New Zealand-Argentina. In pretty poor conditions as well. New Zealand played the conditions well, particularly Brad Barrett, whose short kicking game and his attacking game. He's Hold got on, a... Brad Barrett. Brad Barrett. Bowden, Bowden, Barrett. Bowden, Bowden Barrett. Barrett. Sorry, Brad Barrett. <laughs> Brad Barrett kicking game does not <laughs> <What>? compute. <laughs> BB. Uh, yeah, Bowden Barrett looks absolutely awesome. Which way would you go? Bowden Barrett, Aaron Cruden, Carter must still be in the mix, obviously, because he's Carter. If there's a World Cup final tomorrow, who would you put in? That's tough. How much game time has Carter had? It's if if, if he's had a solid six months before, then I'd possibly go for Carter because of his experience. But if he's but not in World Cup finals, because of course he's got no experience in World Cup finals, has he? <laughs> True. <laughs> Argentina, did they give a good good account of themselves? They did. 
They were unlucky not to score a try. Well, they actually did score a try, but the referee pulled it back for a knock-on when it was a charge-down no. kick. Oh, that was horrific. That, made that me was an injustice. It made me so angry. Well, the rules are the rules, Phil. You called for it. No, that's not yes, the rule. That wasn't doing. even the rule. That's yeah. not the rule. It's doing. <laughs> while, we're, while we're on the subject of referees, just briefly, can I say, I like the idea of ref cam, but please <laughs> don't show me ref cam if it's going to be just pointing up Wayne Barnes's nose. <laughs> I do not No one wants to see yeah, that. Because that, by definition, can't be the view of Wayne Barnes. It kind of defeats the point of ref cam, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, dear me. There was, a, there was a tweet from Martin Samuel, who's a, a son sports columnist so it's his job to be just bad well yeah <laughs> basically you it's have his job to make up things about sport you have <laughs> you have to admire wayne barnes he's achieved so much for a blind man with no understanding of the rules Way. of rugby <laughs> wasn't wasn't particularly the most informed opinion i've ever heard about it brilliant but uh but he makes a strong point though but, <laughs> but muted. I, I did think that um that there was an element not just with wayne barnes actually who i actually think did had a good game. Do you think he had a good game to... on? Yeah. Well, I can't yeah, remember I my, my tweets, but I was tweeting but, but it's, ferociously about But basically, uh, rugby again is still a little bit of scrum roulette, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit. Well, of... I, I, to be fair, I couldn't really work out what was going on. I, I know a, a bit about scrums, and I was like, oh, it's not obvious. I've actually got something for us to listen to. Now, oh, quick heads up for the next week's podcast. We are going to be joined... I'm going to touch wood when I say this. All being well, we will be joined live on the podcast by Jeb Sinclair of London Irish, who last week I tried to convince Phil and JB to put through into Banter Squadron, <laughs> which currently has Nick Cummins, Danny Badger, it has Joe Marler, it has referee Nigel Owens, and it has Munsterman and Irish international Donoco Callahan. It's players who exhibit the best banter in rugby. I think Jeb Sinclair, the Canadian international London Irish, Second row, back row is worthy of being in there. We oh. will find out next week when he's on the podcast. Oh, and just another Excellent. another tick in the the, the the Jeb Sinclair box is he's played for RGC or the full name. I thought I had this down. Rugby Gorith Cymru. That's a, that's the one. <laughs> Did he when they first started? They brought in yeah, a load Canadians. of loads Canadians. of Canadians. That would be quite interesting to find out exactly how many. Didn't um, one of the Kudmore boys play? Like he one did, of the younger yeah. ones. The one who isn't a movie star. Yeah, one... isn't Jamie. Yes. The other one, third choice Cudmore boy. Yeah, mind you, I'd I'd, I'd much prefer to be a third choice Cudmore than the first choice Beardmore. <laughs> so, just, just saying. Jeb Sinclair on next week's podcast, and we're still we we think we're going to nail down Drew Mitchell. Yes, of Toulon. He wants to come on the podcast. He's a he's a listener, and he wants to uh, come on and have a little bit of a natter. So, those are the ones we're very excited about. But. Someone who is buying a one-way ticket, surely, for Banter Squadron, is James Haskell. He was on the Claire Balding uh, show on BT Sport. I was watching that before I came out. Were you? I love BT Sport. That's all I'm going to say. James Haskell and Chris Ashton um, were having a little bit of a natter. And I think James Haskell definitely won the Battle of Wits in this one. I'll have a little listen. Would you prefer to have the body of a human and the face of a wasp, or the body of a wasp and the face of a human? I mean, I get, I get that you pay for wasps, but like I don't understand I've got, I've got, that. I've got a body like Baywatch and face like Crime Watch. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a ridiculous one. <laughs> That's pretty much what you've got. <laughs> got body of a human and the face of a wasp. Yeah. <laughs> You look like a little crow, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to put a cork on the end of your nose in case you take some of the audience's eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> Round one, Haskell in Banter Squadron! 
No. Who, who was that? Uh, Chris Ashton, was it? That was Chris Ashton, yeah. Was it? <laughs> yeah. That was Easy Ashton. pickings, though, isn't it? Oh, it yeah. is. Easy pickings. It is. J- James Haskell's definitely one to consider for a future Banter Squadron entrant. I think anyone who watches, and you should watch it because I think it's hilarious, uh, Tour de Flats. Yes. The, watch Haskell in that. The, fl- the Haskell leg. Yeah. You, it's so funny. Go on YouTube, type in BT Sport, Tour de Flats. It's one of the funniest things that I've seen in a, in a long time. Okay. Anyway, we've got some future Banter Squadron. Banter Squadron! Entrance, but Jeb Sinclair will be on the podcast next week. Uh, we just mentioned Chris Ashton, and he has the Ash Splash celebration. Uh, Watching London Welsh v Exeter, and we've already talked about how impressive Exeter were. Thomas Waldron, uh, dream debut, two tries. Still doesn't look like a rugby player. Nope. Like a, like a, like a number eight, anyway. Uh, but I had a great game. But his celebration, come on. The train driver, Diesel. I like that. I love, in fact, I love it. You say the Diesel thing, right? Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a running back called Riggins. Not the one from Friday Night Lights. Tim, not Tim, Tim Riggins, Riggins oh. no. A different one. I can't remember. John Riggins was his name. And he played for the Washington Redskins. And he was such a cult hero that they got, well, some of the fans got a American V12 engine. They linked it up to a massive horn. And every time they gave the ball to John Riggins, you heard this huge diesel horn and... That's, that's awesome. It was, Trucking it up. Do that for Dave Ewing. It's a bit like uh, when Beast in South Africa gets the ball yeah. and the whole... Beast, 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 beast. But what are, what are the lamest celebrations in rugby? And I'm going to suggest that Thomas Waldrum's diesel could be one of them. If, if, if there was an accompanying noise, so every time he did the arm movement, uh, that's what there was a sound from the stadium going, I'd yeah. be all for it. Oh, yes. Let's see if we can make that happen. We've, we've already changed the game in terms of... Um, Boots instead of trainers for photo shoots. We didn't mention that last week. Let's let's briefly before I get onto the, this thing I want to talk about. Yes, well done. Should we just I think we should have a round of applause for the Aviva Premiership captains for wearing boots for the promotional shots. And this is a campaign we've been running since day one of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. I mean, we we do captains this. wearing boots for promotional pictures before the season. I mean, you'll all agree we do this just because we love rugby, but to make a difference as well. I know to, to really make a difference to affect change. Yeah. In such a positive way. Yeah. I, uh, I was very proud. It was also, the week just gone, the Green King IPA Ruby Championship photo shoot, and they also, they were walking down the street in, in boots as well. Every one of them. Well we did it, guys. Done, we did it, chaps. We've done it. I, they must listen and take note. They must Someone's do. listened to that. Thank, uh, thank God. Thank goodness. But come on. The worst celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> very good. The, the ass splash is, 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 is so unnecessary. I don't like it. Well, every time he does it for England, I just think, oh my God, he's going to drop the ball. Oh my God, he's going to drop the ball. Well, yeah. I think don't do it. Don't it do will it. happen one day. There's one yeah. guy who's got two celebrations that are equally as terrible. Two celebrations for one player? Danny Cipriani. The dance. The dance and the heart thing. I love his dance. No, I don't. (laughs) His dance was terrible, but... His dance was terrible. Digby Uwani, when he did it... Oh, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Does Digby Uwani also break dance occasionally? Yeah. He did that that amazing celebration for the Reds, where is this one you're talking about, where he break dance and spun around just just on his hands. It was a pretty impressive feat, to be honest. Yeah. He's done a couple of them for the Reds, when the Reds were good a few years ago. Yes. So, 
Because then, so Dennis would be honest, he's got so the heart thing. What is that about? Putting his hands in the shape mean? of a heart. That's like, like Gareth Bale. Bale. Yeah, Bale does it as well. Yeah, he's a footballer. They're allowed to do silly things. <laughs> Didn't Gareth Bale try and trademark that at one point? <laughs> yeah. so, apparently so, oh, really? yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I tell you what the weirdest trademark is, I found out. That, um, Wendell Saylor made his own trademark only two years ago. Was he even relevant two years ago? What? Wendell what was Sa- it? Uh, no, he's got his own like, little... If you look, you know, like Ronaldo's. Celebration. No, he's what, got like, his, like, like the CR7 like yeah, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo clothing brand. Yeah, stuff. I mean, obviously, as soon as I knew that, I immediately went Sailor and tried to get a Wendell Sailor tie for work and some cufflinks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got him. Gareth Thomas, pat on the head. Oh, that, yeah, that's the worst. What is that? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Gareth Thomas, you win this round. You've got the worst celebration in rugby. I can tell you what the best one was, and it comes from cricket, and that's a sprinkler. Yeah, that was cool. The England team danced, yeah. hand on the back of the head. And... <laughs> yeah, was that Swan who started that? Yeah, no, no, but I love it. It was, it was winning the Ashes down under, wasn't it, when they did yeah. that? Yeah. I can't tell you, well, it's not um, a celebration that's used frequently because it's only been used once, but the worst single celebration was in last year's uh, Aviva Premiership final when Owen Farrell celebrated by kicking the ball into the crowd, oh. <laughs> then injured himself, yes. then it got pulled back for a forward pass and it wasn't even a try. <laughs> you know, a, a, a Newcastle midfielder did that, a Ketspire. Yeah, Tamori Ketspire ripped off his top, <laughs> pulled off his shorts, kicked the advertising hoardings. I think he threw his boots into the crowd as well. Footballers are such morons. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh, there we go. There we go. Some good ones. Uh, I, I guess we've got to start looking ahead. Because it's coming thick and fast. We've got more rugby on the way. Uh, where, do we, where do you want to start? Pro 12. Let's go back to the Pro 12. Pro 12. Good place to start. Is it? My... Phil wearing his ruined Pinar Ulster shirt. I am. By I... the way, did you did you get paid to have all of the sponsors that are on the shirt? <laughs> I did. I paid an awful lot of money for this pro-fit uh, pro shirt. And, I and, pay... you're, and you're walking around with BT Sport on it. Bank, Proudly, Bank I might add. Island, Cookery. And uh, what's on the back? Kingspan. Kingspan. Oh, they do what exactly? That is the insulation, In- isn't it? Insulation, is it yeah. really? Thermal I've insulation company. Spot the person who's just had a loft conversion. <laughs> I, I always find it weird, right? When you're watching Champions League and they're advertising Gazprom, I think, is it, uh, does the uh, elasticity of, uh, of demand increase if gas... Do, do, you swap, do you swap your glass supplier just because you see gas, like Gazprom on Champions League? That's an interesting point. It's yeah. pointless. Is it a bit of a money laundering exercise? Just no, it's, it's, no. A, it's a tax dodge and they're getting... A box at the Champions League. Is yeah, what, it's is a what lot it of is. money for a box, though, isn't it? I mean, there are cheap ways to, buy, to do it, like just buy one. Just buy a box. Uh, prestige, yeah. prestige thing, isn't it? it prestige. Is. It's willy waving stuff, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Phil, the the Ulster fan, you, you can you take the reins of this one, Phil. Then, well, Ulster, big game at home, first home game against Zebra. So should be five points for the for at the, the Kingspan Stadium, not old, not Ravenhill anymore. Oh wow. Ravenhill King Crown What on earth is that hashtag that you put on? Softem. Yeah, Softem. Do you not know? Oh, you know. Oh, I can't believe you don't know. I oh, would never mind. We better move on if you yeah. don't know. What is oh, it? Jay, uninformed. Uh, I, I, I speak for the masses of people that don't care about the pro, the, about the Pro Twelve. When Go I ask, on, Phil. What is that? Uh, it's stand up for the Ulsterman. <laughs> it's not really, is it? <laughs> of course oh, it is. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you remember the contra- do you not remember, remember the... The, yeah, the controversy when Saracens, when they were building up to a game against Ulster, released their own one called Stand Up for the Saracens? Where they, no. du- they badly dubbed the, the video, the of, video the Ulster of, of Ulster, yeah. Oh, how silly. Right, move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, Ulster will all predict a big, big home victory there. Yeah. Uh, there's 
Benetton Treviso at home to Munster. I think Munster will correct their loss last week. Yeah, but they're not the team they were, are they? They're on the gravy train. Mm. Uh, they're playing who? Benetton That's Treviso. Fine. Uh, there's a few games on Friday yeah, night. Yeah, there is actually. You're right. Next one. Uh, Dragons versus Ospreys. Hmm. At Dragons? At Dragons. Well, at least there can't be any less people than were at the Ospreys <laughs> this week. So There was hardly anyone at the Liberty Stadium, was there? It was pathetic. Scarlets had a, a decent turnout. Uh, the Porky Scarlets? Yeah. Is that a synthetic pitch? It looked incredible. If it's not, it looked incredible. Good question. We'll look into it. I, I have it no must, idea. It must be. Uh, uh, and how do you see that? Well, you're the Welshman then, Jay. You know a bit about these two regions. I know nothing about them. I don't watch the Pro 12. I've told you this. <laughs> um, what do I think? I think uh, the kids of Ospreys will beat the... Um, old, old the, boys. Yeah, the pastor old boys of Dragons. That's right. what I think. Edinburgh, Connor. Uh, Edinburgh, to continue what yeah. was a, a phenomenal performance. Well done, Edinburgh, mm-hmm. on that one. I stand corrected. Um, and Saturday, just one game on Saturday. I know. Leinster versus Scarlet. What, really? Yeah. Why, I wonder? <sighs> television, I think. Yeah, Friday night games. But, 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 but you mate, say tele- television, you can even see it on BBC Alba, and that'll yeah. be devolved oh, soon. But, but, Sky, but, Sky Sports now. Yes. And, it's, may, it's, and maybe, it's to, uh, maybe it's to get the people that... Um, well, we'll get onto this with Sale Sharks, because they've tr- they've moved from a Friday night to a Saturday afternoon kickoff. Mm. Uh, the early reading of that is not good. Is it really? not? The crowd was really quite poor at the AJ Bell Stadium. <laughs> oh, is it the AJ um, Bell? Well, that's their problem, isn't it? And maybe it's, maybe it's the... An issue. Maybe the Friday night kickoff is just opening it up to all the people that will be playing on a Saturday. So Leinster Scarlets. Uh, I think we're probably going to say Leinster. Yeah. To win at home. And then the tasty one, Cardiff Blues Glasgow on Sunday. Yes. I'm going to watch that at Cardiff Blues. It is at Cardiff. Yeah. Cardiff. Glasgow for me. Do you reckon? Yeah. Even with Cardiff having all their their Lions back. Um, well, maybe not all, because Gethin Jenkins will probably still be injured. Cough, yeah. Standard. I, what's going to happen to Gethin Jenkins now? They've got, he's got to play every week. <laughs> that that was interesting, actually. Um, I saw an interview with the Cardiff coach. He was saying he's still not sure how often he'll be able to, to play Warburton. Because mm. it, there's um, it's like a split written into the contract, so it's in favour of the WRU rather than the club. So he's not always going to be available for them. He's going to have to be kind of rest at certain times and available for the WRU and training and sponsorships oh, and commitments and all that at certain times. That is out, uh, if, it, if he needs to be taken out of sponsorships and stuff, that's outrageous really, isn't it? I, it, it might not be, rugby. but it was the, co- the coach saying, I still don't know how frequently I'm going to have him. He should know though, shouldn't he? I think he's kind of trying to provoke someone, someone he, there. He did say that he's got a 150-page document that he's reading through at the moment, which is sets out when he, when he gets him and sets out all the terms and conditions. Don't you just love Welsh rugby? <laughs> it's fantastic, wow. isn't it's like, it? It's like an, an episode of Ali McBeal every week. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'd back uh, Cardiff in that one at home. At home? Into the Aviva Premiership then. Yes. There's some tasty games this weekend again. Yeah. Um, Friday night. Harlequin Saracens. I just hope it's a good game because last last year all the Friday night games were pretty bad. Well, this year started off quite well. Yes, it did. I don't know. There's there's some holes in in, in the Quinns team, if you ask me. Second row, I think. There's Charlie some Matthews uh, was quoted saying he wants to be the be the new enforcer, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't see him no. fulfilling that role. Back row, I think there's the, there's not this holes, but when you take away Chris Robshaw, yeah, I. I don't know. I think it starts to creak a little bit. Mm, and I, I, I love Nick Easter. I, yeah. I've got so much time for him. But Can he play 22 games, 80 minutes? I know. He's 35. Is he old now? Yeah. And Luke, Luke Wallace, Rob, so I think it is a good back row. I yeah. think their their issue is more the second row 
a bit lightweight Second and no row, yeah. no depth. Their front row a bit inexperienced. Uh, Marler's excellent, but yep. you had Joe Gray and uh, Sinclair, who's twenty twenty one. What well, was? Well, can I just say what was Brian Smith doing? Taking off his props with ten minutes to go. They were smashing. I mean, Tom Court had Carl Sinclair in all kinds he? of trouble. Oh, okay, so I have no idea. He what had them in, in all. He, he had him on toast. And then they got taken off. I and, did mention that. And Irish lost the impetus. And bear in mind, they only lost by five points. I I think it was a mistake. But mm. it's easy to say that afterwards. I didn't yeah. see any of the game. Did, did you at the start? Uh, he's injured. Oh, is he? He commentated on BBC Berkshire. Oh, this is Nick Rouse, by the way, London Irish second row. He uh, he was commentating on BBC Berkshire. So I listened because, you know, I work on the radio. But Nick's never been on the radio before. <laughs> Who would uh, be worse? He, he was You he, on that... Nick on XFM or you starting for London uh, London Irish? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that'd be awful. That's a great question. I'm going to wait for him to get through the studio. Job swap. <laughs> oh, wow. Can you imagine? No. I, I th- I... Who would be more scared? <laughs> if the question was who'd stay alive longer, <laughs> that's an easy one. Who'd be better? I don't know. Well, on the basis of what so Nick was summarising London Irish and he came out with at one point, they, uh, he said, they said right, what, 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 how do you approach you know, the season and the next game. And he said, well, I can not believe he did this. He went, we've got to take it each game as it, as it comes, you know. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. He Makes sense. All the cliches <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, Tom Court had, the, had Carl Sinclair on toast. So I, I hear what you're saying about the inexperienced from Rome. But yeah. the other thing, uh, the Carl Sinclair thing t- tells me, that is, if they've got any weaknesses at Harlequin's team, no doubt they've got some hotshot kid which will, which will come through and... and, and, uh, and and then step up. True, I've done it every year. Now. I think centre is another area of uh, concern. I, I think that. I, I think Matt Hopper's good. He's a good, good squad player. I think uh, Casson is is a decent player when he's fit. Yeah. Uh, and Jordan Turner, Turner Hall is a really good Premiership George player. George Lowe's still not. But you haven't got any. Yeah, George Lowe as well. But you haven't got like a wow. That's an amazing centre. Yeah. Got I, loads of amazing talent on the back three. Well, I, I thought that about their wings last year. I thought they were one of the worst set of wingers in in the Prem actually. For. Harlequin. Yeah. Did you see Lindsay Hague's try? Yeah. Oh, gas. Man, that boy's got gas. That, that's, the, that's the boy that played awesome in the sevens, right? Yeah. He's yeah. not stepping up. Yeah. yeah. He is fast. He, he came off the bench. Their wings now with him, Tikritumu when he starts playing, mm. and Yard and Monia, who's another very good Premiership mm. player. Uh, well, let's just say like, how. how incre- I, th- I think I'm going to have to play this music when I say this. That Harlequin's kit. <laughs> oh, my word. It's, it's lovely, nice. isn't it? I prefer mm. the I prefer the away configuration. Yeah, that which they wore at the, the London doubleheader. Oh, uh, yeah. did they? It was a thing of beauty. It really it was. Is nice. I think it's the red shorts that make it. I've said that. Oh, before. It's the, yeah. stri- the red stripes across the back of the shoulders as well. Just the hint of green as well on the collar and the socks. Oh, it's gorgeous. It really, is gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. Let's just think about that, Queen. <laughs> How did the Irish kit look? I thought it looked all right. Other, other games, then other games. Let's rattle through. Oh, how did you see that one going? I think. I think. Uh, oh, oh, I'll be close because Saracens didn't look well, didn't look defensively as good as they have in the past against Saracens against by fifteen so, points. I think Saracens. I think I Saracens, think Saracens will win. I think they'll be annoyed at how they played. I don't think they showed what, they, yeah. what they're capable of. Saris by eight. Yeah, I think Saris by about the same. Okay. Then Saturday, Gloucester Sale. Sale oh. win, I think. This will be a real kind of indicator of where the two teams are yeah. this season. Well, let's have a look at the last two games. So, Gloucester could not take any positives from that game whatsoever. Not uh, one. They got two penalties. 
Yes, I guess they did, didn't they? But no, but Gloucester, that Gloucester was um, awful. And then the Sale game, I think Sale can be quite proud of there. Sale didn't have Johnny Leota or Sam Tuitupu in the I wondered about that. And, and they won't have Mark Quayta or Dan Braid. Yeah, they're both injured. Ankles. So their, yeah. back, their back line, if they can't patch up their centres, is, is decimated already. And Dan Braid, the captain. But if you think about what's going to happen on Monday morning when they get into work, I think Sale are going to be like, okay, it was a good performance, but we can do better and the stuff to build yeah. on. Gloucester are going to be devastated. We mentioned this in the summer before a ball had been kicked or anything. We said a while ago, Gloucester have recruited brilliantly in their front row. They don't have a second row that's going to... Tom Palmer came off the bench. Does that help? No. <laughs> no. No. It's did, not... Did he make they're, a they're all They're all good players, but they need a 19-stone bruiser that's going to yeah. smash rucks all day long and win them ball. They could... They could yeah. have Ian Evans. It's, it's interesting that... Because we did our uh, table prediction, we put Gloucester sixth in the Telegraph's table prediction. Fourth, they they put Gloucester fourth ahead of Bath and Harlequins. <laughs> Jokes. So I think we'll sail all in this. Hmm. I don't know how. I don't know how. I think Sale will outwork them and be. Uh, and just, just outgraft them. I look at that Sale team and I. But you look at all Sale teams and think, where is the quality? Well, no, conversely, I'd say Sale are almost like the inverse of Gloucester. Sale are lacking in the back line. What, they, what they've got going for them is. They will graft them. Start, Nathan Hines and Michael Patterson. Yeah. Oh my word! They work their nuts exactly. Off. They yeah. win so much ball, hit so many rocks. They just work hard. I, I think. I think the shed and King's Own will make make the difference for Gloucester. I think they'll edge it in a close match. But this, for me, this is the tie of the round because, like Phil says, by the by the full time whistle, you've got one team, and that's just a draw, of course, which is quite unlikely in rugby. But uh, you'll have one team that is zero and two. Yeah, and for, for the amount of money that Gloucester's spent to be zero and two. No, they will that, be. I'm sure that, will. that would be a disaster if they're yeah. two games, no wins. It, but it's it's tough to pick yourself up after the back of a 50-point hammering, especially when you're expecting a real real chance, real go at it. I'm going to say Gloucester to win just. Hear me now, believe me later. Just. Sale. So, next game, Bath London Welsh, which oh, is one-way traffic, I would go on, JB, imagine. Predict how many points Bath will score? A lot. More even than Exeter did. Do you reckon? Yeah. We, we could have a game of just London Welsh higher or lower. How, how many points <laughs> yeah. they'll concede. Will it be higher or lower than, than Exeter scored? I think I think it'll be lower. I think it'll be lower. Exeter Leicester. At Exeter. If it's the same Leicester team that went to Newcastle, yeah. I think it's going to be an Exeter win. Now, Leicester, they struggled last season because of injuries. They're already decimated yeah, they are. by injuries. There's a huge number of exactly. first-choice, first-team players already injured. Owen Williams suspended. Oh, uh, yeah, another one. So I'm going to say, I, I think Exeter, they'll be full of confidence and, uh, yeah, Exeter to win. Leicester. Um, I think by, I'm, Leicester by more than seven. I'm going to go Leicester just. Ooh. Uh, then Wasps-Northampton should be an interesting game. My favourite back row in the yeah. Wasps. Wasps back row. Favourite back row and favourite back three now. I think someone on Sky Sports or BT Sports said they're about another wave of recruitment away from being a real contender, and I think they're exactly right. But the first 15 are very competitive. I'm going to predict that it will be like driving malls in the boot of Stephen Myler that wins it for Northampton, rather than uh, mm. George North or any of the backs doing anything. George North. It's always George North. Always George power. North. In fact, when you look at Northampton, there's just power. That, that, that team is just power. I'm going to write a letter to um, owner of Toulon, what's his name? 
Bougelet. Bougelet. Uh, right, dear Santa kind of letter. Please, will you will you buy Is, um, Is, Israel Folau, Julian Surveyor and George North to play in one team? To have the perfect back three. Oh, yeah. wow. Which we've not actually mentioned it. George North's second try was unbelievable. Oh, my God, it was good. Did you see us, Tim? Uh, I did I did see oh. it, but what I would love to hear you talk us through it, Jay. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. It's like asking... It's like asking, describe your best orgasm. I can't. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> so we got of all the <laughs> of all the analogies. <laughs> that's what the that's what Stephen Jones should be writing in the Times. <laughs> I don't know where to begin with the talent of George North. It's like trying to describe your best orgasm. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, George North, great, good, great track, though. Good track. <laughs> and uh, how good was Wilson at 15? Yeah, that, that, that's another one. Mm. Uh, we weren't sure if Wilson was just on the bench because he was on the... Uh, sorry, Foden was on the bench just because, you know, squad rotation. But it actually looks like Wilson is the real deal. Mm. Yeah, he looked awesome. And again, hates to talk about the NFL, but in, in NFL terms, if You this... don't hate to talk about the NFL, <laughs> you love know. it. I, 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 do love, I do love it. In the area of salary cap, you got an England international taking, what, £250,000 a year up. Get, you know, you've got Wilson, get rid of him. And I think that's what might happen end of the season. So yeah, I, Northampton, will, I think, will have the power... All round the pitch to to edge that one, but it should be a really good game. Though. Northampton for me. Northampton for me. And then the final game on Sunday, uh, possibly a bit of a relegation battle. Probably a bit of a relegation battle. Newcastle, London Irish. This is an interesting one. Uh, oh, London Irish. This is an interesting one. I do think London Irish will edge it. Yeah, I, I, nothing I've... Newcastle have done for a couple of years has suggested that they're any good at anything. Uh, that's that's it. We are we are done and we are dusted. Just to say again, next time we will have. Jeb Sinclair of London Irish, who we've just mentioned, and we can hopefully he'll be t- well. Hopefully for them, they'll be he'll be talking on the back of a, a London Irish victory in Newcastle. But keep getting in touch with us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, and we will see you next time for the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Nice one, JB. Goodbye, Tim. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.